Pharmaceutical Technology presents the Drug Solutions Podcast, where the editors will chat with industry experts from across the pharmaceutical and biopharmaceutical supply chain. Join us as experts share insights into your biggest questions, from the technologies to strategies to regulations related to the development and manufacture of drug products. This is the Drug Solutions Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Grant Plater, Associate Editor with Pharmaceutical Technology, and welcome to this week's episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast. Uh, in this week's episode, we'll be talking about PharmTech's annual employment survey, which measures various employment and broader industry trends. Uh, we produce an article on it each year. You can read it online at Crossing the Same River multiple times at PharmTech.com. Uh, my colleague, Joe Murphy, uh, Editor with Pharmaceutical Technology, will be talking with me, and we'll have a lovely chat about uh, the employment survey, because I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on here. This episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast is sponsored by Societal CDMO. Societal CDMO is a contract development and manufacturing organization partner with locations on both coasts of the U.S. Societal CDMO offers capabilities spanning pre-investigational new drug development to commercial manufacturing and packaging for a wide range of therapeutic dosage forms, primarily focused on small molecules. Thank you to Societal CDMO, and let's get to the interview. Hi everyone, this is Jill Murphy, editor with Pharmaceutical Technology, and today I'm speaking with my colleague, Grant Plater, about PharmTech's annual employment and trend survey. Grant, I just wanted to ask you, could you tell us a little bit more about the survey? For example, who is the survey population and what exactly were you trying to measure? Yeah, so uh, effectively, to get things off, what the annual survey is attempting to measure is the state of the pharmaceutical biopharmaceutical industry. Uh, more specifically, it's looking at two key cornerstones, employment and trends, <laughs> and uh, I guess employment trends as well. Uh, the way it works is that the editors of Pharmaceutical Technology put together the survey and we send it out to our readership. I think this year we had about 300 respondents and we're asking them about, um, about all sorts of things. Uh, on the employment end, we're asking questions like, how satisfied are you in your current role? How has your salary changed? Those sorts of things. As it pertains to trends, but we do tweak it a bit year to year, uh, you know, for lack of better words, what's hot and what's not does play some role in how we're formulating the survey. Because um, we want to decide what we're learning about and we collaborate in its construction to try to hone in on things that we think matter. But regardless, you can expect a lot of questions in the vein of what's your view in the larger state of the industry? What's your view in your own company? What opportunities do you see in the industry? My favorite part of working on this project, I handled it uh, last year and this year actually, is uh, seeing how the data builds on itself. Uh, because we've been doing this since long before I was with the company, I believe the first ever employment survey happened in either 1997, 1998. It was definitely last century, I can tell you that. Uh, we have this voluminous amount of data to look back at and compare. When we're putting together the article uh, that sums up the results, we generally only look at like the most recent couple of years, uh, but we do have that expansive backlog that we can turn to for additional insights. Heck, I, uh, I hopped into the 2001 survey before this call just to take a look at the responses from back then. And like, while the industry is unmistakably different now from then, both in terms of technology and culture, there are more similarities than one might expect in results. Uh, for all that has changed, humanity itself can be slower to change than many might think. 
What were some of the biggest takeaways that you had about the current state of the industry from the survey? So uh, the biggest thing to me, at least like what stuck out at first glance, uh, was COVID-19. And more specifically, the impact it's not having on the industry. So uh, I might be a bit of a peculiar case in the sense that I came to farm tech and pharmaceutical media in general in the middle of the pandemic. But to me, it's been so wrapped up in everything that's been done in the industry. Like, even if you ignore the various inherent ties an international pandemic will have with the pharmaceutical industry, uh, the advent of various mRNA COVID-19 vaccines uh, has greatly accelerated their development within the industry uh, and as well as their publicity outside. So I just think that tie is always going to be there. So all that is to say, I was surprised to see that there has been a general rollback in uh, preventative COVID-19 measures within the industry. Uh, in last year's survey, there were some decreases in the eight measures that we took a look at, but there were also uh, big increases, in particular in work from home, which had jumped to, I believe, over 70% of respondents. And so that made us think the pharma industry might be looking to incorporate some of these practices into the general workflow going forward. Uh, but it seems that might have been a bit too presumptive because uh, we saw some dramatic decreases this year. For instance, uh, only about 28.2% of respondents reported social distancing on the job, which that's a major drop off from last year's number of 44%. And it's about half what we saw in the survey from uh, the year prior, 2020 survey, or the survey that was released at the beginning of 2021, to be more clear. Ultimately, seven out of eight measures actually saw decreases this year, though. Uh, assuming additional responsibilities, as a result, the pandemic did have a slight bump, but that one's a bit on the more general side, so it's kind of to be expected that it won't necessarily work concept with the other measures. Uh, but the one that took the largest hit was uh, work from home. 70.5% uh, was the peak we hit last year, but it jumped down to approximately 58% this year. And, and mind you, that's still a clear majority and slightly above where the metric was in the survey from two years ago, but it's still a significant drop off from where we were. And, you know, I'm a bit low to make any grand sweeping statements about the reasons behind these shifts, as the data hasn't exactly been predictable to this point. But I, I do think there's been a clear de-emphasis of many of the measures we've been looking at. Like, uh, I know Biden said the pandemic is over last September, but a government leader has different motivations than infectious disease experts, and I think it'd be pretty bold for any healthcare professional to say, COVID is over. Uh, there's a reason organizations like who have kept mostly mum on the topic outside of like the end is in sight. Uh, but the emphasis by society at large does seem that permeated into our industry. Uh, so I'm, I'm very interested in seeing if remote work continues to be a fixture in our line of work. Um, and I will be keeping track of all these stats, but at this point, I would be a bit surprised to see other measures outside of like maybe social distancing uh, retain any significant prominence. So what exactly is the state of farm employment looking like at the moment? And do you have any ideas why this could be happening? Right. So uh, on the employment side of things, the biggest thing that we saw was a stagnation in wage growth. Um, so like before we dive too far into these statistics and their possible explanations, uh, I, I do want to note that we did slightly change the wording of the answers in the question asking about salary changes. Uh, we wanted to include the word significantly. So like say increase significantly instead of, instead of increase uh, because we were a bit concerned that like say annual raises that are designed to keep pace with inflation were being considered increases by survey respondents. Uh, we want to measure increases in spending power, not just pure monetary increases. So we did alter that and that could have an impact on the results in some ways. Uh, 
All that said, um, about 72.8% of respondents said that their wage remained approximately the same, which almost doubled last year's total of 39%. Uh, and in this vein, uh, just 22.1% of respondents recorded uh, significant increases in salary, which is less than half of last year's number of 55.4%. Outside of uh, outright salary increases did have a slight reduction from 8 to 5%. But on the whole, these changes are a bit concerning, given the general state of the economy and what we saw from other metrics. Uh, for instance, our, our weighted job satisfaction metric, for instance, did drop slightly as well. Although maybe not to the degree one would might expect, given the more dramatic changes in salary changes. Uh, that said, those metrics have never been exactly one-to-one. Uh, there's loads of other things people consider when determining if they're satisfied with the job. But it, it did raise a bit of an eyebrow. I'm not going to lie. Um... What, uh, what I find a bit head-scratching about all of this is that, like, on the whole, I would think that these measures should be good, or at least better, given that the economy has been very pro-worker for most of this year, uh, at least in the sense that there has been uh, a shortage, a worker shortage, and businesses have been fighting over the best of the bunch. And actually, when we asked uh, respondents what their biggest concern about the, their business was, over half said it was staffing. Um, about 35% said the staff, number of staff with specialized training was lacking, and an additional 23% said the number of staff in total was itself insufficient. And I just find that so interesting, because you would think that would mean that companies are prioritizing keeping the staff that they have on hand and keeping them happy and all that sort of stuff. Uh, uh, just 26% of employees have changed jobs in the past two years, according to the survey. Uh, but uh, at least on the salary side of things, we're not seeing these efforts bear uh, bear out. And I recognize that inflation is high, and that is op- it's like often advised to not give raises to offset those changes. Uh, it gets very difficult very fast if you, uh, if too many people are doing that. But I- I'm still surprised to see it bear out here. That said, if I were to offer a hypothesis on why this is happening. Uh, so for a different article, uh, I spoke with the people behind the annual CPH market report and that's all super interesting stuff. Uh, it's the best and brightest to put it together and I highly recommend checking it out if you have the chance. But what I want to isolate here is that they think the biotechnology market has hit like the bottom of the valley, you know, peaks and valleys. It's in a valley right now. It's at the bottom of it. Uh, venture capitalists and investors operate in cycles and they, they're currently sitting on loads of parked capital. Uh, but what these very smart people are predicting is that the capital itself will enter the market within the next 18 to 24 months. And if that's the case, it would not only explain why we're not only seeing wage stagnation and staffing shortages in this survey, but it would also indicate that we're going to start advancing towards the peak, you know, going to start climbing, and that perhaps we can be a bit more optimistic for these measures to improve in next year's survey. So as a whole, one of the measures that we looked at primarily for this survey was predictions for the future. How did that pan out? Is there anything that you saw that surprised you in the results? <laughs> uh, so one thing you can say about farmer workers is that they are eternal optimists. Next year is always going to be better than the last. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, you know, it, it, the world's so pessimistic. It's kind of nice to see this. But anyway, last year, 58% of respondents said they expected their company's performance to be better in 2022 than 2021 and 60% thought the same for the industry as a whole. Uh, this year, only 28% thought their business had exceeded those aspirations, and just 25% for the industry as a whole, while 52 and 62% respectively thought that they met their admittedly lofty aspirations of last year's population. So, with an optimistic outlook being largely affirmed in the minds and hearts of the respondents, 
I wasn't particularly surprised to see that they have similarly bold predictions for 2023. Only about uh, 11% of respondents thought any decrease would happen for either their company or the industry, while the remaining pool slightly preferred increases over things uh, being about approximately the same uh, for both the industry and comp their companies. Uh, the splits were 48-40 in favor of increases for companies and 46-42 in favor of uh, increases for the industry as a whole. Uh, but I think the uh, the biggest surprise was actually where the pool thought future opportunities lie. We included various options that we personally thought could be contenders, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence, uh, near patient manufacturing, component materials for new therapies. Uh, we even put in a fill your own answer thing in there, but a clear consensus, uh, about 47% said it was actually cell and gene therapies, which was the other answer. And that's not surprising in and of itself. I probably wouldn't I probably would have picked it that personally, but the degree to which respondents honed in on that was a bit surprising. Uh, and I mean, machine a uh, learning and AI did take a healthy second place at twenty two point three percent, but I, I did think the field would be a bit more evenly spread. Grant, thank you so much for talking with me today about the survey results. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do so. to our editors and experts for sharing their insights. Stay tuned for future episodes of the Drug Solutions Podcast with the Pharmaceutical Technology Editors. If you want to stay in touch with the Pharmaceutical Technology team, subscribe to this podcast as well as to our e-newsletters. When you sign up for our newsletters, you will be updated about future episodes of Drug Solutions, receive our magazines, learn about upcoming webinars and hear about episodes of Drug Digest. Thanks to everyone for joining us for this episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast.